this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to another edition of the in focus podcast i am your host ji sampath the biden administration has taken a decision to provide ukraine with cluster munitions as part of military aid for its ongoing war with russia this has evoked concern among human rights watchdogs as cluster munitions are known to be a deadly cause of civilian casualties more than 120 countries have signed a treaty that bans the production use stockpiling or transfer of cluster munitions as it turns out neither the us nor ukraine nor russia are signatories of this convention the us however does have a domestic law that bans the use production or transfer of cluster munitions with a dud rate above 1% duds are those uh, bomblets which come from the cluster munition which don't explode so the dud rate of the cluster munitions being given to ukraine however according to the state department itself is 2.35% which is still above the 1% cap so what exactly are cluster munitions what has prompted the united states to offer them to ukraine now and can they help ukraine gain a decisive breakthrough in the war with russia we explore all these questions in this episode of in focus and we have with us stanley johnny the hindus international affairs editor stanley thank you so much for joining us thank you sambal so stanley can you start by explaining uh, from a layperson's perspective what exactly are cluster munitions how are they different from conventional munitions see uh, the from a layperson's point of view the main difference is that cluster munitions are not used for precision strikes cluster munitions target a wider area it is basically blind bombing right so the cluster munition coalition says that a conventional munition that is designed to disperse or release explosive submunitions you know over a wider area are called cluster munitions basically how it works uh, is that you know these are air dropped or ground loaded explosives and once they are fired or dropped from a jet or fired from you know artillery or fired as a missile they open break into submunitions midair what they call bomblets these are small bombs and these submunitions hit a wider area sometimes they say you know the size of several football fields and they are designed to explode at the impact but the problem is as you explained in 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 your intro some of them would remain dud for a long period of time so some of them would not explode at the impact so they would just you know lay on the ground for years sometimes decades and they could explode later once they are picked up or you know when something else happens and injuring so which means practically even if the war is over even if a conflict is over this cluster bombs would be there on the on what used to be the battlefield and then could injure civilians even years later so these these are the two major problems one is that it is basically blind bombing of a wider area not precision strike against uh military targets so that itself 
threatens to harm civilians and then secondly even if the conflict is over this dud bombs uh, you know could explode later years later again injuring civilians especially kids and over the course of the years cluster bombs were first used during the second world war and since the second world war um, you know according to various estimates cluster bombs have killed thousands of tens of thousands of people up to 80 85000s of people in different battle theaters uh, and this happened even after the war you know so uh, i think this is why cluster bombs remain controversial because of uh, the indiscriminate harm these munitions can cause to civilians and children right you spoke about them being used in the second world war can you talk a little bit about like uh what has been their impact in conflicts both uh, militarily speaking in terms of military objectives and also you know the unintended hopefully unintended impact on civilians of the enemy so to speak population we know that i mean apparently they've been used in vietnam afghanistan iraq israel has used it uh, in lebanon when attacking hezbollah so can you talk a little bit about the the what we know of its impact military and otherwise in all these conflicts so especially vietnam is a is a very good example because the united states had used indiscriminately cluster bombs during the vietnam war um in vietnam laos and cambodia for example one estimate says in laos between 1964 and 1973 the united states used thousands of cluster munitions which released some 260 million bomblets and even after the war was over in 1975 the united states was forced to withdraw from vietnam because they lost the war so even after the war was over in vietnam and laos and cambodia cluster bomblets continued to kill people so in the case of vietnam some 7000 people were killed after the war was over because of cluster bombs and again in the case of uh, south Le- in the case of lebanon uh so the israelis invaded lebanon in 1978 1982 and 2006 in 1978 to push back the plo in 1982 again to push back the plo and in 2006 clearly against the hezbollah in all three wars the israelis had used cluster bombs so in 1978 what the israelis called operation litani river they wanted to push the plo to the northern side of the litani river uh, from southern lebanon so uh, the israelis again used thousands of cluster bombs which indiscriminately targeted lebanese lebanese civilians and president jimmy carter had spoken out against the israeli use of the bombs saying that because, because the israelis used the cluster bombs supplied by the americans so the carter administration's logic was that uh, we gave cluster bombs to israel to defend itself not to use them in offensive operations so you use it if you come under attack but you can use it in your invasions but the israelis did exactly the same thing apparently the israelis were also accused of transferring cluster bombs to their favorite militia in lebanon they also used it against the civilians and the israelis did the same thing in 1982 when they they when they launched a full scale invasion of lebanon which went on till 2000 until they were forced to withdraw from southern lebanon by the hezbollah and in 2006 they invaded lebanon for you know roughly 30 31 days and they used cluster bombs and you had uh, other several other examples iraq is as you mentioned is another case where the united states especially in the 2003 invasion the united states used some 13000 cluster bombs that released some 
2 million uh, bomblets. Again, causing indiscriminate civilian harm. So, you see, uh, you know, the major powers of the world who speak of, um, let's say, you know, human rights and then accuse others of war crimes, etc., etc., had shamelessly and indiscriminately used cluster bombs throughout the conflicts since the end of the Second World War. And you continue to see the impacts these munitions are having on civilians, on, you know, non-combatants. And that is the reason uh, a vast majority of the world's countries came together uh, to prohibit them, prohibit the use of them. Right. You spoke about civilian casualties, but uh, there are also a lot of civilians who have been maimed, right? They have had to be, they have lost a limb, a leg or a hand. Uh, this maiming is also a big issue. It's a huge uh, loss. It's not just about casualties. That's right. That's that's what happens because this once this dud bombs when you pick it up, especially I mean, you know, the the cluster coalition says the kids uh, pick them up uh, because they could be mistaken for toys and then they explode, harming them. So this keeps happening in former battlefields, and uh, the the dud rates. Yeah, in the case of Ukraine, the Americans say the dud rates is roughly three percent, and their defense is that the Cluster bombs, which the Russians are using, have much higher dud rates. And we are sending uh, bombs with lower dud rates to Ukraine so that the possibility of them harming civilians uh, is relatively less. This is the logic now. But remember, the United States until the other day was attacking the Russians for the use of cluster bombs in the conflict. And the Russians were using cluster bombs. They are using cluster bombs in the war. The Ukrainians were also using cluster bombs in the war. Ukraine had a stockpile and apparently Ukraine's stockpile uh, was depleting uh, and uh, and it is at this time that the United States comes to replenish the stockpile of these weapons. But, you know, the point I'm trying to make is that the United States was attacking Russia for the use of cluster bombs in the Ukraine war. The United States was also attacking Russia of war crimes for using cluster bombs in the war. And the same United States is sending cluster bombs to Ukraine. So the U.S. has actually taken a U-turn. And now the U.S. defense is that we are sending bombs with less dud rates. Okay, did the U.S. ever uh, ask Russia to use cluster munitions with a dud rate of less than 1%? No, I think this is just a matter of arguments. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, so now that this convention is in place, and we, I mean, it's very clear which countries have used uh, cluster munitions the maximum, and which countries have killed the maximum number of civilians uh, through their use of cluster munitions. Which are these countries, and have they signed the convention? Yeah, I mean, now uh, you know uh, the United States hasn't signed the convention. Uh, you know, Russia hasn't done it, Ukraine hasn't done it, China hasn't done it. What about Israel? I'm sure Israel hasn't done it either. Yeah, Israel hasn't done it, India hasn't done it. Uh, so, the basically the major powers, big military powers hadn't done it, but uh, most, many European uh, countries have done it, including the UK. That's why Rishi Sunak had to at least voice, uh, you know, opposition or let's say that he had to say that he doesn't agree with the U.S. decision to send cluster bombs because the U.K. was a signatory. And according to the Cluster Munition Convention, all these countries, I think 111 countries, they have a commitment uh, to stop 
making, using, transferring, and stockpiling cluster bombs. And the convention had a positive impact on the global stockpile of uh, cluster bombs. Uh, so some estimates say, I think the coalition itself says, the cluster bomb coalition itself says that, uh, you know, more than 90% of the cluster bomb stockpile has been destroyed since the convention was signed in 2008. So it has had a very positive impact. So what has prompted this move now uh, to give cluster munitions to Ukraine? You said 90% of this stockpile has been destroyed. So is it a way of getting rid of the remaining 10% inventory that the US has? Or is there some kind of an issue with the production of conventional munitions which hasn't kept pace with the demands of the war? Like what, what are the reasons for the US suddenly deciding to take a U-turn on its own moral ethical stand against cluster munitions and then saying, okay, now we are also going to do it. I think it tells us where the counteroffensive stands today because before the counteroffensive began, there was this big, you know, talk about the coming Ukrainian counteroffensive, right? Uh, the Economist did a cover story saying Ukraine strikes back there was big confidence among the Western circles that Ukraine uh, was going to take uh, swift victory, battlefield victories, particularly in southern Ukraine, because the Ukraine, Ukrainians did that last year. Uh, last year, Ukraine made lightning advances in Kharkiv and Kherson, where the Russians were forced to withdraw. And since then, Ukrainians have been preparing for the counteroffensive. So one narrative about the whole counteroffensive is that the Russians got months to fortify uh, the front line. The Ukrainians also got months to prepare for the counteroffensive, right? And the Ukrainians got some of the most advanced weapons from the West. I mean, we discussed, we've been discussing this over the last few months, including main battle tanks, cruise missiles, long-range rockets, defen missile defense systems, and uh, armored vehicles. So what not? So, Ukraine has been supplied with very advanced weapons and uh, they keep getting military and financial aid from the West, from NATO countries. So, they've been preparing for the counteroffensive. And one analysis about the counteroffensive was that if Ukraine made swift victories, um, uh, you know, their plan was apparently, according to many Western analysts as well as Western intelligence community, the Ukrainian. Uh, plan was to destroy Russia's land bridge. So land bridge means the area of territories which the Russians captured connecting the Donbass to Crimea. This includes parts of Kherson and Saporizhia. So the focus of the counteroffensive is on Saporizhia. And the Ukrainians wants to cut through the Russian lines and reach the Sea of Azov so that they can break the Russian presence in the Ukrainian territory into two. One in the south, predominantly in Crimea and the remaining parts of Kherson, which Russia still controls, and then Donbass, where the Russians have very strong, formidable presence. So this, from a military point of view, would enhance pressure on the Russians and make the defense of Crimea you know, weaker or make the Russians vulnerable in Crimea. So one, ex one expectation was that uh, this would heap pressure on Putin to force him into come to the tables and negotiate with a weaker hand. But the counteroffensive began. 
Right, you said earlier that uh, this decision to give cluster munitions is a comment on the state of the counter-offensive. Now, what difference do you think the use of cluster munitions once they get to the Ukrainian forces, what difference will it make to the counter-offensive? Is it going to make it sharper, more effective, get them the kind of advances, gains that they're looking for? So, we have to wait and see. See, the problem with the counter-offensive or uh, what when we analyze it from afar, uh, is that the Russians have made huge fortifications, tank traps, trenches, mines along the front lines. And according to one New York Times report, Ukrainians lost 20% of their weaponry in the first two weeks of the counteroffensive. And this report was citing Western intelligence officials. 20% and it's huge. And the report also says that Ukrainians continue to lose weaponry, including armored vehicles and um, uh, battle tanks, main battle tanks. So it was at this time the Biden administration deciding to send cluster bombs because this is basically, you know, this is the Ukrainians, if they have to ad- make advances, they have to make advances with artillery. And they face pressure uh, on because their uh, munitions, their artillery and their ammunition, you know, uh, were dwindling. And the supply has to come from the West. And President Biden, in his interview with Farid Zakaria, admitted that the West is also under pressure to keep up the supply going of, you know, basic ammunition and artilleries, artillery shells. On the other side, the Russian industrial base has picked up after the initial setbacks. So the Russians make sure that the supply lines are not impacted. At least they have enough weapons on the front line. On the other side, the Ukrainians are under pressure, you know, and many military analysts, as well as geopolitical thinkers, they keep saying that this is a war which would be decided by the fate of which would be determined by artillery warfare, not by your other advanced weapons, not by F-16s, even if F-16s are given to Ukraine in the future, not by cruise missiles. So that's where Ukraine lacks, you know. So, uh, and the West is not able to keep up with the supply of more conventional artillery shells and ammunition. So then I think the U.S. decides to send uh, cluster bombs because with cluster bombs, the U.S. decided to take a U-turn and send cluster bombs. So by doing that, okay, you know, there would be ethical questions, definitely. But at the same time, they hope that that would help Ukraine weaken or leave holes in Russia's strongly fortified front lines and help them make advances because they don't have much time, right? Because this is supposed to be a spring offensive. Now it's already summer. So whatever gains if they have to make, they have to make it in the coming weeks. Otherwise, you know, again, it would it would be difficult for the Ukraine to make advances after a few weeks. So they have to make quick gains. So you see uh, that is, this explains the context. So at this time, the United States takes a U-turn and decides to send cluster bombs, hoping that that would help Ukraine uh, hurt the Russians badly because cluster bombs were proven effective on the battlefield in the past. That's why it was used by major powers throughout conflicts, despite questions on uh, ethics and its its harm, civilian harms, etc., etc. The bombs are known as civilian killers, but that hasn't stopped the major powers from using them, including the United States and Russia. Uh, so I think this, the problems Ukraine is facing on the front line, and the fact that the counteroffensive is going on very slow, because it's been six months. Ukraine hasn't had any breakthrough. They have taken some villages, some coast villages on the front line, especially in the southeast. 
but they haven't had any major breakthrough yet so they are under pressure and ukraine needs artillery shells and ammunition uh, and the west is also under pressure the west is publicly admitting that they are under pressure to meet to keep up the you know uh, supply uh, demands so then they come up with this uh, solution so let's see what kind of an impact it's going to have on the battlefield i think we have to wait and see that right so these cluster munitions uh, as you said they have been banned precisely because they could blow up even weeks or months or years after the war is over and injure civilians or non combatants so then does it make sense for ukraine to use these cluster munitions on its own soil and thereby endanger who are going to be ukrainian civilians say two years down the line it one can understand russia using cluster munitions on enemy soil but why would ukraine what sense does it make for ukraine to use cluster munitions on its own soil and endanger ukrainian civilians in the future yeah i think uh, see and the ukrainians have been bombing donbas ever since the war began not not even since the war began since 2014 right this is uh, this is an underreported event because you don't see this in the mainstream paper you see this to see this you have to go and look for other media outlets so ukraine also doesn't have the russians have used indiscriminate force against ukrainians in the war throughout which has been well documented and condemned and russia is being sanctioned punished etc etc but the ukrainians were doing the same thing i don't think they have any such qualms which you just described because the ukrainians uh, all this uh, the storm shadow long range cruise missiles the ukrainians were using it against their own civilians right Uh, ukrainians living in the donbas and other parts russian controlled parts we still don't know who blew up the dam on the dnieper river both the russians and the ukrainians are blamed for the same uh, so that also caused heavy civilian uh, troubles for civilians right and uh, it is considered a war crime basically blowing up dams uh, during the conflict uh, so uh, uh, so i think ukraine doesn't look at it that way that these bombs would harm their own civilians how they look at is that they are fighting the russians this is an invasion and they have to fight the russians with whatever weapons they have and their counter offensive is not proceeding as they expected and they have to make some quick gains and to make quick gains they have to use whatever weapons they are going to get from the west i think that's how they look at it other questions other you know ethical questions about using the bomb against your own uh, civilians I don't think they matter too much for the Ukrainians at this point of time and if they did they wouldn't have targeted their own civilians in the Donbas and other parts controlled by the Russians and they've been doing that I am telling you there are enough evidence that the Ukrainians use indiscriminate shelling against uh, uh, civilians in the Donbas and other regions uh, which has been unfortunately underreported but that's a fact right so if the ukrainians have a track record of using indiscriminate uh, uh, weapons against uh, other U- ukrainians controlled uh, by the rebel forces say in regions like donbas then of course uh, this move may not come as such a big surprise but again staying on this ethical question stanley one more supplementary question i have so does this development you know this decision to use to give ukraine cluster munitions and ukraine to use them does it undermine the moral high ground which has been occupied by the nato ukraine alliance so far saying that russia is the aggressor and we are on the rightier side so by taking this kind of a call which goes against every fundamental ethic of human rights and you know 
uh, protection of civilians in conflict situations. By taking this decision, are they giving Russia also a free pass to resort to maybe even more deadly uh, weapons, not just cluster munitions? Yeah, actually, actually, yes. Uh, so, uh, but I mean, if you ask me frankly, the ethical lines, the ethical arguments the West was making about the war didn't make any sense to me because this is at the end of the day, this is a war and both sides would use whatever weapons they can. I mean, uh, whatever practical weapons they can without escalating it into some major crisis. And uh, and the ethical arguments they were making was, I, I in my view, were just uh, narrative building uh, because the West has been using, especially the United States has used cluster munitions throughout the post-war world, right? And the United States, I mean, even when they are attacking the attacking the Russians for invading Ukraine, the United States has a very complicated history of not just attacking other countries, other weaker countries, but using weapons like cluster munitions. So the ethical argument, uh, by and large, didn't make any sense to me personally. But still, since there were there was an ethical argument, I think, yes, of course, you can ask the Americans that you... Uh, had accused the Russians of war crimes and uh, you had slammed the use of cluster bombs uh, in Ukraine in the past and now you are sending cluster bombs to the battlefield which is a clear U-turn. So you can ask them why this U-turn is, you know. Uh, So they come up with this argument of lower dead rate but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, But of course this is a U-turn but from a larger point of view, uh, these ethical arguments never struck me because for me, the war is, it is a very complicated conflict. It is not what, you know, either side, either side is, the Russians are saying that the United States caused the war and the Americans say that this is an unprovoked uh, aggression of Russia. But I think the origins of the war is little more complicated and both sides were using bad weapons, dirty weapons in the war. Uh, because they wanted to meet their objectives. The Russians have clearly made it clear that they are not going to back off. Uh, And the Ukrainians also, backed by NATO, uh, have made it clear that uh, they would continue to fight. Uh, And because there are contentious issues also, and uh, Ukraine wants to make sure that at least the weapons keep coming from the West, because otherwise Ukraine cannot fight the Russians, right? Because whatever weapons... That's why the United States announced 42 aid packages for Ukraine that runs into billions of dollars. And you can also see that immediately after the cluster bombs were announced, the sending of cluster bombs were announced, many Western countries came up with new aid packages. Germany announced some 700 million uh, euro deal. uh, And France announced that it would send its own cruise missiles to Ukraine. Sweden, which has one of the most advanced military industrial complexes in Europe, and which could be the newest member of NATO very soon has announced its own training programs. Norway has announced its own military program for Ukraine. So Ukraine cannot sustain on its own. So it has to get weapons and training keep coming from the West. So I think, uh, um, you know, uh, that pretty much that's what it is. The ethical questions, I don't think, stand a chance in this war. Right. The ethical questions uh, take a back seat while the dirty weapons come to the forefront as the war drags on. Thank you so much, Stanley, for your insights and observations. Hopefully, things will improve as far as the war development is concerned and hopefully they'll sit down for talks 
sometime soon thank you so much for joining us pleasure talking to you thank you sambad pleasure talking to in focus in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon